this evening. This is crazy. I'm excited to have all of you um, in one space. This is, this is yes, we have authors and pastors and shakers and movers and world travelers and makers, <laughs> mediators and bosses, entrepreneurs, <laughs> husbands, uncles, <laughs> sons. Um, you guys are doing some amazing work. So I want to take a moment and want to say uh, hello to everyone who wanted to chime in. Hey. Um, thank you so much for tuning into this live webinar. I'm excited about this space, this opportunity. Listen, I'm just glad to be one of the number today. Um, I want you guys to take a moment, just really quick, introduce yourself, um, some things that you're working on, where you've been, where you are. Um, and while you're, why are you here? Why are we talking about this today? Oh, yeah. What is kind of your stake in um, this dialogue, this conversation? Okay. Let's start with John. All right. Uh, hello, everybody. How y'all doing? Everybody good? Yes, Can y'all hear me? All right, good, good. I hear you. Uh, name, all right, cool, cool. My name is John Martin. Um, I'm out at Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, Mr. Robert, he gave me a uh, a call and wanted, wanted to see if I wanted to be a part of this this uh, this webinar. And I was ecstatic. I'm all I'm all for it. Um, I love what uh, what's going on here. The camaraderie, you know, with y'all fellas. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to, to getting to know y'all a little more. You know, um, one thing I didn't know is that you all were uh, authors. So when I seen the flyer today, that just kind of kind of bugged me out. That, that was that was uh, that was something special. So I'm definitely yeah. going to keep that, uh, you know, uh, as a keepsake. But uh, I'm out at Des Moines, Iowa. Um, I am a, pu a published author. Um, I do run a marketing company as well called Team Strong Inc. Um, and um, I'm born and raised in Des Moines, father of two, you know, uh, 20 year old son, 13 year old daughter that drives me crazy. She's going on 40, you know. Uh, Come on! Besides that, I'm just enjoying life, loving life, and and just here to to listen and yeah. and, and, uh, and you know share a little bit. So does it get easier as they get older? Uh, my son was a breeze. My son was a breeze. My daughter, she's on a whole nother level. This is, I wasn't ready for this. I really wasn't. Really wasn't. I'm 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 up for the challenge every day. I put it that way. Yeah. My my experience is little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. No, but but it's it is true that everyone's different. You know, the the kids take different paths, and yeah. So that, that's not uh, ironclad, Robert. But there's some realities there. Oh man, I'm in trouble. Rick, why don't you go ahead and take a moment and introduce yourself? My name is Rick Love, um, and I grew up in Southern California. Lived in yeah. England. Indonesia, been around the world. I've been a pastor, uh, a missionary, and then a peacemaker the last 10 years of my life. Got I've it. been dedicated to making peace, especially between Christians and Muslims. Uh, I have three amazing daughters. I mean, make it happen kind of amazing women. And I've got yeah. six grandchildren, okay. two, two grandsons, and uh, my beautiful, my uh Two-year-old grandson's already doing karate. Um, hmm. It's it's kind of just to, for different reasons, but anyway. So that's me. Um, my dad was a judge. So how'd you like to stand before Judge Love? At least you know that <laughs> sounds good. Um, awesome. So Dar Dar Rick, we're glad to have you, Darnell. Last but not least. Oh man, feeling good. Um, Seventeen years as an educator. Um, Ten years as an administrator. 
I'm currently assistant principal in the Plainfield Area School District. Um, so I do that by day. Um, CEO and um, president of Lead One, which is a leadership development company that my wife and I started in 2013. My heart and passion is to help men in particular in their various transitions of manhood. Yeah. Transitioning from a single guy to a, a seriously dating guy to a married guy to a now I have children and what does it mean to start a legacy or leave a legacy? Because I believe everybody's in one or two stages. Either you're blazing a trail or you're starting a trail. Everybody has a choice to do one or the other. So it can either start with you or you could be continuing it. Um, and I'm one who has been determined to start a legacy of being a strong husband and a strong father and have a pleasure of traveling the country and traveling the world inspiring other men to do the same. So excited to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you guys, your brothers are here. Um, I want to, I just want to jump right in. Um, part of uh, my story has been, um, I, I didn't necessarily grow up with my father, didn't grow right. up with a, uh, with a father. Uh, I come to find out, find out he's alive 25 years old. Mm. Um, but going through the various transitions of life, I had to really define or had a trouble, a hard time defining what it meant to be a man. Yeah. So I just kind of want to throw that question out there. No specific order. Um, what, what, in in the most kind of precise way, what do you guys? What What is your definition? Um, what does it mean to be a man? If I could chime in, um, rising to the occasion. I think a lot of times as men it's tempting to become passive, regardless of what obstacle is coming your way, regardless of what situation you're having to deal with, how do you rise to the occasion? Um, and it's a delicate balance of how do I assert myself, but not become dominating? How do, once again, whether I'm leading my family, whether I'm leading an organization, how do I not punk out? How do I not shrink back? How do I rise to the occasion so that the people under my sphere of influence can be empowered. I think that's what makes a real man. You empower other people. Even in the midst of your own fear and uncertainty, how do you navigate those emotions productively? You know, because a lot of times as men, we lash out because we're fearful. Every man's scared at some point, but how do you harness that emotion and still meet the challenge? I think that's what replic identifies manhood in my eyes. Okay. okay. Now, what, what are you thinking? I see those, I see the brand going there. You <laughs> I, I, well, I, I, I mean, he, he, Darnell pretty much summed it up. Um, I, I would like to piggyback and say, to me, it's more or less just standing up, period. No doubt. Just being able to no stand doubt. up. Um, and by standing up, that means, you know, we naturally, by nature, us men, we take care of our surroundings, period. Right. Um, we're just, we're, we're just natural born, um, protectors. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Around us, you know, um, especially us as fathers. I mean, we just like, if, if some kids are around, like we, we just instinctively naturally just father them. Yeah. If no one else is around basically, yeah. you know, so, um, you know, just, just, just standing up right into the occasion and being able to, um, take care of ourselves as far as, as how we think, um, by, you know, reading the right things, um, yeah. you know, even mental, mental nourishment by eating the right foods, everything that we, that is instilled in us, 
that way we can give out the right aura to our surroundings and, and who, you know, who we're around. So, you know, just taking care of ourselves and standing up. Our presence alone is 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 crucial. Whether we're doing right or wrong, yeah. whoever's around us is learning from us because we're men. You know, so. One of the texts in scripture that I've used many times to meet with young men, my nephews and others, is 1 Corinthians uh, 16, 13, and 14. I'll read it quickly and just share briefly. Uh, it says, be on the alert, stand yeah. firm in the faith, be courageous, That's be good. strong. And then it says, let all that you do be done in love. That's good. And now I'll tell you why this is so important to me and why I like to impart this to young men. Uh, be on the alert. There is real evil. I don't have to tell you guys that. Right. Uh, there's a real devil. There's real issues. Yeah. We have to be, and, and I, I love what you said, John. We're natural protectors, and we're going to blaze trails there in Arnell and these kind of things. Be on the alert, then stand firm in the faith. You know, I'm sharing from a Christian perspective. That's my faith background. But then be courageous and strong. I think that is, uh, in some ways, you know, uh, that so resonates with men. You gotta be yeah. a badass, right? You know. Yeah, yeah. no doubt, no but, doubt. But why I like this verse is uh, kick butt, take names. I mean, be strong, be courageous. But then it says, "Let all that you do be done in love." So it's like, whoa, right. wait a second here. Right, so, you messed me up. As, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm Doctor Love, but I tell younger men I'm the Love Doctor. Um, but, the, but the point is here to me is it has this one verse is it kind of summarizes some of the things John and Darnell are saying. Um, and, and I'm coming at it from the experience of relating to other women and or just defining yourself. Uh, you know, I am a man. I'm tough. I can do this. That's good. Uh, and, and that's beautiful. But that's not all that, you know, so to me, to put all that together yeah. uh, is, is, is man, it, it's, it's a man I can respect. That's good. Someone is strong and courageous, you know, and, and yet they're showing love. That's how we empower people, right, Darnell? No doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. Well, I want to ask this question because I've had a unique journey into manhood and, um, Part of what I do, what I do as well, is advocacy for men who've experienced sexual trauma. No now, when you start getting into those issues, those conversations, those dialogue, this definition takes on a different connotation. It takes it; it, it doesn't necessarily change, but it looks drastically different. And I right. think part of the journey and part of what I kind of want to hear your feedback is about is that. Oftentimes when we think of masculinity or manhood, it's it's normally, in, at least in Western, more Western cultures, um, it's more, um, we think cowboys and Indians. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We think more strength. We think more, uh, 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 just more, uh, there's a Hispanic word, machismo. We think right. of uh, this this kind of tough, rough guy um, that the, that is kind of the epitome of masculinity, right. manhood, but and what that does is that definition. My How argument, is yeah. it, it yes, is yes, because you know, let's just say you know, there's a guy who, a young boy, a young teen 
who may not have grown up with his father, maybe around women his whole life, has mannerisms, a little bit more softer, a little bit more, you know, then we kind of, if they don't fit into that context of of strong, masculine, um, healthy, maybe he's strawny, he's skinny, um, he doesn't have muscle, um, then what does this definition look like? And because... Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm interested in your your response because for me, a long time, a survivor of sexual trauma myself, I would get around men, right, in an attempt to 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 be a part, but feel like I didn't identify or didn't belong because I didn't fit the kind of I don't want to use the word toxic, but the general t- yeah. kind of masculine, robust. Terminology right. uh, or definition or yeah. of what it meant to be a man. So, yeah. how can you speak to that? How do we include our brothers who are in transition or in yeah. on a journey to wholeness? How do we speak mm-hmm. to them as they express and as they choose to try to reclaim their authentic manhood and masculinity? What does that mean for them? Well, I think if I could, I'll start off. Um, I think a lot of times it's what's the template you're referencing. So I think, you know, Rick did a great job, you know, once again, as a believer, you know, in the scripture, you have an idea of manhood where Christ was both, you know, the strongest that you can be taking, you know, whips and thorns and on the cross and risking it all. But he did it from his place of love. So I think if love is driving your strength, then, for example, as a husband of 15 years, I'm at my strongest point when I'm at my most sacrificial moment. Mm. So I'm at my strongest when I'm empowering my wife to be all that she can be. My strength is not in her saying, woman, you better. My strength is in saying, babe, what can I do to support you? Because as I support you, and show that strength, then the people around me are better for it. So I think a lot of times in previous generations, we had this idea that my strength must dominate you yes, and express yes. you so I can be strong. But I think in the new generation, we're hoping the current generations that follow us understand is not so much me dominating you but how can my strength empower you? So, I mean, you'll hear me say that a lot tonight, but yeah. a real man makes others stronger, makes others better, brings the best out of other people. So as we get those young men who are transitioning and evolving and growing, they need something to reference. And I think that's where we come in as leaders in our households and our communities. How do we empower them and give them an example of what a husband looks like, what a father looks like, what a community leader looks like, so they're not making it up as they go. So, yeah. so uh, I think that's powerful. I think one of the one of the things that I want to kind of point to is, um, is that fathers or not fathers, but one of my working definitions of what it means to be a man. I think for me is I found healing. And I found, and I don't want to get too preachy here, but I found healing where there was a passage of scripture that talks about in my in my weakness, yeah, strength, yes, is made perfect. And so 
the sum total of me and my masculinity is not how strong I can be. Right. But also how I can be honest and be true that in my weakness, that I don't, in Christ, I don't have to be strong. Right. Is strong for me. And through you. And through, exactly. Um, And so that was kind of one of my definitions or my working kind of revelations that I kind of worked through to kind of help cope with coming into authentic masculinity manhood. Now, I kind of want to flip this. Um, I've noticed um, that a lot of working definitions uh, that men have are not healthy. Right, no, no. not healthy, and I think John, you talk about some of this in your book about your journey and even raising your son. Um, is that when when men don't have a template, when men don't have an example, right. they kind of have to figure it out on their own. No doubt and about it. Right, 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 raising right. men, to be honest, is is women are you know, and not saying women can't you know, there are single mothers out here that are killing it, but. A lot of working definitions are coming from unhealthy, toxic places. Yeah. So what it means to be a man, in most cases, in my, I've worked in higher ed and education for a while. And so, you know, normally it's their peers, it's other men, right. it's, or um, sometimes it's porn. Sometimes yeah. it's, it's so many other things. So how can, um, how do we, or how did you, John, kind of press through all of the negative, uh, unhealthy, toxic uh, definition mm. of what it means to be a man, and not only a man, but to also become a father. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Well, um, it's it's interesting that you bring this up because it definitely needs to be talked about. Um, <clears throat> one thing that I think is very very important is just to define the word respect. And when we do that, that sets a foundation to where we have a better understanding of what's around us. Because if if I'm able to understand your situation and respect that, you know, then I'm able to deal with you on on all kinds of different levels. I'm able to communicate with you. But the problem is a lot of times that a lot of our youth they're not learning respect at an early age. Right. Mm. They have a totally different uh, definition of what respect is. Like yeah. somebody steps on their shoe or something and, and they don't apologize. And, you know, that's that's a whole yeah. different, you know, uh, uh, avenue that they take because of the respect thing. But if we educate these kids early yeah. to say, hey, look, you're going to be sitting in class. Like, like, for example, you referenced my book. I had to explain to my son at an early age, hey, look, man, you're being raised by a man. Right. You know, a lot of the people that you're going to school with, you're going to you're going to argue. You're going to you're going to go back and forth with them because they're being raised by women and nothing wrong with women at all. It's just they have a different mindset. You know, nine times out of 10, if you sit at a table with with a bunch of women, it's going to be a totally it's going to be totally different dialogue than if you were to sit with, yeah. with a, a group of men, you yeah. know, so. So he's learning that dialogue at an early age of how, you know, our mannerisms are different and this and that, you know, so going into a public setting where you're in the school, you got to have an understanding of what's around you, you know, and, uh, and as long as you respect what's around you, then you're able to deal with it. You're able to move around, 
you know, um, just as long as you're aware, you know, and I think that's important. We're, we're not teaching. We, a lot of us, I think, teach um, in a selfish way to where, you know, you're, you're, you're coming out and you want this respect and, 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 and you want people to know about you and, and your struggles, but you're not understanding about, you know, the, the people wow. around you. You see what I'm saying? And that's where um, I took that approach with my son to explain, you know, even with like, uh, <clears throat> like people on drugs, like, like drug usage, you know, people act different, you know, yeah. so you got to understand how to, how to move around them. You got to be a psychologist, basically, right. you know, uh, um, and, and learn people's moves and this and that. So when you, when you understand what you're around, you, you tend to form a respect for it. That's good. You tend to form a respect for it. So, you Very know, and, good. and in turn, if you, if you respect yourself and you respect your differences, then of course you're going to respect the next man's differences right. and, and respect that because we all have a different journey. So as long as we learn that from the gate, from the jump, right. you know, it'd be easier to work through. That is a great word. Robert, can I, I'd like to footnote previously, uh, the, the definition, be strong, be courageous. You said, how does it relate to these? That doesn't mean the size of your biceps right? or, mm-hmm. or you know, that your strength. It takes real strength and courage to deal with your heart issues, to to deal with your addictions, to deal with your wounds and hurts. I have the privilege of uh, having siblings, a brother and sister, and we love each other and they come and visit me a lot. And especially during the time of cancer. And we have these conversations and, and I'm, we're all get, we're like 50s, 60s. And so uh, we're saying, okay, what, What's causing you to do what you do unintentionally? In other words, you have wounds and issues. Yeah. And, yeah. and it takes strength and courage to, to begin to open up to others, find counseling. So, Robert, I don't want to be misunderstood uh, when I talked about that verse. Uh, it takes huge strength of character. No doubt. Encourage in our character to deal with our issues. So yeah. I want to I, I want to put a pin in that right there. Let's 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 have a real conversation. Come Zoom, on. What what are kind of some of the things that you guys have had to work through, um, and you guys have tried to pr- had to press through as you because we're looking at now you know s- successful men who have raised children who yeah. have careers grandchildren uh, uh, businesses. Yeah. But this is this is towards you know more of the the glory side of the story. So what were those hardships? What were those challenges? What were those kind of those 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 moments where you just kind of were like just uh. yeah? I think for me, um, anger issues. You know, growing up in, the, in an environment of domestic violence and in, in just inner city West Side Chicago. You're just seeing a lot of survival mode tactics and techniques and strategies. I'm just trying to make it. And I think the thing that made me most angry, I think, was early on when I first got married. You know, I was 24. My wife was 22. So we're young. Um, And I think my inability to conflict resolution, I didn't have the coping skills to have a, a resolute conversation to say, I'm pissed off and here's why. Because real men, you know, I didn't see many examples of in my anger, how do I effectively communicate? 
So I found myself being angry, but lacking tools to communicate why. I felt disrespected. Not that she even disrespected me, but I was internalizing that as disrespect mm. because of issues I didn't deal with in my, my childhood. You know what I'm saying? I didn't see my mom and dad model that back and forth interaction. So then when I got married, I'm like, man, how do I navigate what I've never seen? I always yeah. tell people it's very difficult to replicate what you've never seen. And we expect young men who come from broken families to then just miraculously have a quality whole family when they've never seen it. So I think these kind of conversations are extremely vital to say, hey, how are you navigating your anger issues, even as a husband, even as a business owner, even as a professional, we still have some gaps and some holes in our development that if we're not honest and careful, that's how people just bubble up and lose it one day because they've never been able to cope with the small opportunities to resolve conflict. So I think that was one thing I was still dealing with. But early on, I didn't even know I was dealing with it. I just knew I was just angry all the time. Yeah. So if I'm going to be real. But be, so um, I want to I wanna continue to hear you guys because Martin, I, I, John, Rick, I want to hear your stories. But John, I want to press into that a little bit more. Yeah. We talked about young men. So what do you say to a man who is, like you said, 24, 25, 26, 30, 35, 40, who may have not done the work that you've done yet right. and still angry, who's still hurt, who's still yeah. upset, they got bad relationships, can't keep, maybe they're even abusive, maybe yeah. they've been abused. How, how, where do they start? Where, how does that journey start? First thing is just acknowledging that you you're angry. The first thing is acknowledging that you know you have gaps. I think as men, we have to be humble enough to say the things I should have experienced, I didn't experience. Some of the things I did see, I should have never seen. And acknowledging that first and foremost, because if you don't acknowledge that there's work to be done, you'll never have the stamina and the perseverance to put in the work. So I think that's vital that we acknowledge that there's work to be done. And then being humble enough to surround yourself with men who are further along than you are, maybe mm -hmm. not in age, but in experience and developmental, so that you can say, okay, who's holding me accountable? I think one of my strongest testaments as a man is being able to say, I know that I need other men to sharpen me and to sh and encourage me and to call me out on my crap when I'm not doing what I know I need to be doing as a husband and father. Now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this now, okay, and I'm gonna get in trouble here because I'm yeah. gonna go for, I'm gonna go through the rest. I know a man right now, come on, almost fifty some odd years old. Yeah, and with his wife, he's harsh. He's very dominating, no doubt. But when he gets around other men, he doesn't like accountability. He right. doesn't like like. How do you speak to that? How how do we help this guy? I'll let some of the other fellas chime in, and I'll come back. Okay. Go for it, John. How how do we help a guy that just really doesn't want to want to listen or or take a, take responsibility? Because when you, I'll say, let me rephrase the question: When you have someone who's not used to authentic manhood, masculinity, Rick, Rick said something earlier: men who have real strength. And yeah. when we talk about strength, not not my biceps, right. not, my triceps, not the size of my penis, not how I can please a woman, but 
strength to deal with the inner no doubt inner demons, the inner struggles, the the conflicts. Yeah. Um, how 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 do we help him? And even John, yeah, you speaking on this because in your book you talk about your journey uh, from mm-hmm. and being an alcoholic and dealing with different issues and kind of overcoming. How do you how do you do that? How do we help this guy? Yeah. Well, first, um, you got to let him grow on his own to a certain extent. You got to just listen to him because he's gonna he's gonna allow you to uh to guide him in his own way but he's got to be comfortable everybody has to be comfortable i'm tired of listening john i'm i'm tired i've been listening for years how how do we move this how do we move this guy or this person to to want to be to know to want to be better to want to do better when he feels like he's at his best and this is it and I don't want to spend too much time here because I want to continue to go on and, and kind of yeah. delve into the rest Mind of the if time. I chime in? Yeah. Go, so go I would say you have to expose him to how he's impacting other people. We all, each of us said that a man is a protector. So if you are able to put a mirror up to him and say, hey, here's how you're impacting your wife, your children, your coworkers. Here's mm-hmm. how you're negatively impacting each of these people that you say you love because you're not willing to resolve your issues. And if you can bring him face to face with how he's negatively impacting others, he may not do it for him, but he'll do it for those he loves, he cares about. So I think sometimes you just have to bring him to that harsh reality of, man, you are messing up a lot of people because you're being stubborn, because you're being ignorant, because you're being hard hearted. And hopefully that is enough to jar his attention to say, man, if I couldn't do it for myself, I got to do it for the people I love the most. That's, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to know, what are some of the challenges you've had to come through? <laughs> because, you know, we know Dr. Rick Love, the love doctor. No and, doubt. And all your, but what are some of those personal, I'm interested. I want, I want to see. <laughs> well, mine... I just come from a different world, and so it's not so exciting or sexy. But as I was thinking about this, uh, I've been on this path to leadership. Uh, it's it's interesting. I I was chosen, even though I've always been a leader. Someone said, "Yes, we you need to lead this group or do this." And so, uh, and I found that leadership is pain bearing. Mm. Uh, it's not just cool and empowerment, but you you take you know, you take shots and someone, you know, you need to be uh, soft hearted and thick skinned. Yeah. And, and so for me, my journey has been, as I shared from uh, a pastor, missionary to peacemaker and everywhere I went, I realized I am trying to help people reconcile. And so then I, I, I think Darnell was sharing, maybe not with the rest of the people, but before we got on in this public uh, forum, about his past and journaling, how he had to work through stuff. Uh, I had to work through what does it mean to follow Jesus and really be a peacemaker? Yeah. What does it mean to lead in a way that pleases him and, and, and empowers people, loves people, and yet yeah. strong enough? And so I've gone through real intense times of humility before the Lord, brokenness uh, in terms of uh, 
I remember I was, you said we can be real here and this is my real. story. So real. It's, it's not that, not uh, movie worthy, but I remember I was going to um, this conference and people were feeling God's power and some were being healed. And it was just a real uh, amazing time. And, and the Lord just put his finger on my chest and exposed my pride. And I was weeping for days. Yes. And so I've gone through a process of, you know, you said, how do you help this 50 year old? You can, you can share things, but if he's not willing or there's, you can't force people. Mm -hmm. And in, in my case, I had to learn a bunch of hard lessons along the way. Yeah. Uh, and I had no one mentoring me in terms of, I had people that occasionally would speak into my life, right. but I had to, I went back and say, okay, Jesus, how do we do this? And, and so for example, uh, Jesus rarely gives steps, but in peacemaking, he says, first get the log out of your own eye before you look at the stuff no in the doubt. other person's. No so that means you got to deal with your own heart. Yeah. So, you know, I've looked at my parents, uh, they, they were separated twice and I'm sure I've got battle scars and, you know, my dad was a judge. So, you know, some every day at home was like court, you know, mm -hmm. uh, he actually softened in his old age. He was, we, we had a beautiful relationship then, but so I know there are wounds I've had, but yeah. I, I think we need to point out a long-term healing process and how God shapes and leads us. That's that's my good. faith perspective. That's good. Uh, and you know, and I will say, Robert, for me, my my wife would watch me leadership meetings. She'd be in there, you know. We'd have team meetings, and, and when someone's confronting me, she said it was so funny. I would just I would lean back cross my arms, go like this. And so she challenged me. She says, Rick, you know, you've got to be open to their input. And that was a turning point where I, I looked at the book of Proverbs. Yeah. Just wisdom literature. And it's so practical. And there's about 20 verses. It says the wise man receives reproof. And he who does not receive advice or listen is Ooh. stupid. Yeah. You know, 20 times and, and foolish. And so I go, Lord, I don't want to be foolish. Right. So, right. like I said, not not movie worthy, not sexy, but uh, just one step in front of the other, trying to follow Jesus, trying to learn, and God exposes. And when I think through in every leadership transition I've been through, uh, there's been deep heart work that God's had to do in me to prepare me for the next. And, and people have said, Rick, that must've been so painful. And I go, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it was very painful, but I wanted to grow and learn. And so, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> it, it, is, it is very challenging in a leadership role when you, you are, and I think we all are in leadership capacities in our own respective spaces. When you're doing yes. your best, you're putting out your best, and then somebody says your best is not good enough. Right. And yeah. then they have the solution, and you're like, what? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, that, yeah. Does, that does take, I just had this experience. I manage a staff of like 18 people, and I'm doing well, innovation, innovative whatnot and then they're like well we need better this we need better and i listened for two uh, days them tell me what was wrong yeah. <laughs> oh 
The man who was hurt. <laughs> I, I was hurt, brother. I was hurt. That pain but, bearing. Uh, Leadership pain is bearing, pain bearing. Yeah, I'm, I'm better for it. John, what what are what what are some of the the hurdles? Because in your book, you start talking about your journey. What what is that journey? What has that journey looked like? And what some of the hurdles personally that you have had to overcome? Yeah. In your journey to uh, manhood. Okay. Well, as a father and into fatherhood. Oh, into fatherhood too. Yeah. Um, well, first, I, I've been a father for the last 20 years. And when I first became a father, it was unexpected. Um, I was in the streets, I was running around, I was selling drugs, I was, uh, you know, doing all kinds of things in the streets uh, that weren't productive at all. I was facing 25 years at one point. I just turned 18. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, um, before that I got caught up into the era of like back in the nineties when I was growing up, man, it was, it was all about where I was at. It was all about making money. No doubt. And, um, you know, it was easy for somebody like me with a low self-esteem to just hop right on into that lane. Right. And, and, you know, um, you, even from that era, you would hear rappers talk about, you know, they don't talk, they let their watch talk for them, their shoes talk for them. Like, so that, so that was a mind frame of everybody in my neighborhood, everybody in my circle. We was all trying to get rich and, and, wow. you know, you didn't have no money. You can't talk to me that, you know, just, just a whole bunch of, just, just a persona. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, uh Prior to that, you know, I grew up with uh, um, crack cocaine in my household. You know, my, my stepdad was 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 a big uh, uh, abuser. So there'll be times I'd come home and the house would be stripped, you know, everything gone, VCRs and TVs gone, everything. You know, we'd have to hop up and, and leave. And, you know, just all kinds of, uh, of things like trauma uh, early on in my childhood. But, uh, but... I honestly think, and anybody that knows me from back in the day, they, they will tell me that my son actually saved my life. Uh, my mom would tell wow. you to this day, man, that, that, you know, and I, uh, you know, when it came time to, for me to, to be a father, I look back at everything that I've been through and I said, look, I know what not to do. I might not know what to do. I definitely know what not to do, you know, so, um, so I use that as a as a stepping stone. One thing that uh, Mr. Darnell uh, touched on earlier, which really hit home with me, was uh, um, you know communication early with with my with my son's mom. I wish I would have took into. I wish I would have knew more about postpartum depression. Yeah. Um, you know, and women. I wish I would have knew more about you know just just relationships period, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, just like Darnell, I, I came from a background where, you know, I've seen abuse all my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there, there wasn't a whole week that went by without no arguing, you know, this and that, you know, so, so, uh, so that, that was very, very traumatic, but, but uh, I wish that I would have had more, um, more of a of an example of how to treat a woman at that yeah. at that time in my life, you know. Um, but uh, things happened. Um, I ended up taking my son full time, and and man, that really just changed my life um, yeah. to the fullest. And I had to grow up quick. I had to to figure things out, um, yeah. you know. And I just a lot of that a lot of that time period, which I 
I'm happy that I had the strength to do so, but I had to change my playground. I had to change the people I was associating with. Yeah. And I did that. You know, a lot of people aren't strong enough to do that. And yeah. I, 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 I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I was able to, you know, have that, have that strength. I don't know where it came from. Because but it was I had no longer about separated you. It myself. Was about your, it was about your son. Yeah. 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 It was so all about. I think we mentioned earlier about being you uh, about where certain things when fatherhood come, it just it's natural. It's instinctive. Natural. It's natural. It's, it's yeah. instinctive. Um, mm. And so, it, it, what I'm curious about and want you kind of to highlight is kind of what were some of the hurdles you had to kind of mentally overcome to raise your son the way you have and successfully have? Um, Self-esteem, man. Self-esteem. Like, I I realized at an early age, you know, some of the things that I dealt with, like sitting in class, sitting in a classroom full of uh, uh, European kids and 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 the teacher uh, go over the lesson and then then she'll come single me out and say, hey, uh, John, did you understand what I just said? I'm like, um, yeah, why 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 am I being singled out? <laughs> you know, uh, little situations like that as far as like explaining to my son early that there might be some dialogue, there might be some wording that's used that is 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 not healthy for you. Right. But but you gotta understand that some of the teachers they don't understand you, you know, uh, they don't understand your background. So you know just as long as as you know who you are. And, and and that's one thing that um, that I instilled in him early is is who he is, and that's a that's a big hurdle that I had because I didn't know I didn't know back man I, look look at me man I'm, I'm I I I got red hair freckles you know uh, I, I had a fro back in the day you know I mean I, I just look different than than ninety nine point nine nine percent of my peers yeah you know what I mean yeah. so so. Um, that's a big hurdle that I had to jump and just when it came to fatherhood, when it came to me um, dealing with another human being, I just had to explain to my son. I just had to make sure that he knew where he stands at in life, who he is. No and that way can't nobody sway him, uh, him in either direction. He, he stands planted. He knows, you know, yeah. where he comes from this and that. Cause I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't meet my biological dad until I was 33. You know what I'm saying? When I met him, it just light bulb went off like boom. That's where I get my hands from. That's where I get my walk from. You know, that's where I get this and that from. So you know, I didn't see that until I was until I was grown. You know, and I'm pretty sure that had a, a whole bunch to do with some early pains in my childhood. You know, this and that. And I just wanted to make sure my son didn't go through that. So no doubt, no doubt breaking so, the cycle, man. Yeah. So so to sum it up, man, just basically just instilling in him constantly who he is like like when he when he does something i i would just you know use him as an example i'll show a mirror like yo you see how you just did this you know whatever the situation might be whether it be you know him solving a problem i just made sure that he was aware that yo you have the ability you just solved that look right. what you did you know what i mean and a lot of these kids uh, or and i didn't have that i didn't have somebody pointing out to me the good or the bad that i was doing you see what right. i'm saying so that was, a, that was a big difference that got me through. So I, I want to ask two more questions and then we're going to wrap this thing up. So the, I think the first question uh, that I want to ask is, you highlighted something, John, is the importance of, of communication. Yeah. Uh, how 
do we empower fathers mm -hmm. and sons to have an authentic relationship? I grew up in the South and there wasn't a lot of talking at all. Yeah. It was, yeah. you know, it was do as I say do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what I do, you do as I say do, when I say right. do, how I say do, if I did it wrong, you know. Yeah. Right. Uh, um and uh Darnell, you're an educator. I will kind of uh I want you to kind of you know hit yeah. on this question first is yeah. one, what are some of the tools that fathers need? Yeah. Um, to raise sons now? I think, so I have a five-year-old son. So I think part of my prayer and my, my focused energy has been, how can I do to him and do by him differently than what was done for me? So for example, I think you just hit the analogy of, you know, if my son gets out of line, I'm going to discipline him. But one thing I've, learn to do from mentors of my own is to sit them down, to have a conversation, to help him understand, yeah, you about to get a whooping, but here's why. Mm. Know that I still love you. After I've disciplined you, come here and give me a hug. Daddy's still there for you. Here's why I did it. Do you understand? All right, let's move on. So he understands that his identity is not in what just happened to him, his identity is in why, not the what. A lot of times, if we're not careful as fathers, we didn't learn to communicate why we're doing what we're doing. All we know is, like you say, sit down, shut up. Don't, don't talk, just be spoken to. But I, once again, there's a part of that in my household that says, okay, mom and dad are in charge. We're the adults, you're the children. But there's much more conversation in my household than what I experienced. So, you know, one of the big things in my company is breaking the cycle. We can't continue generational curses one generation after another, after another. But how can we say with my generation, I will be different, a different father, a different husband than what I've seen and what I've experienced. I'm making it up some of it as I go, because as we know, as parents, there's no solidified yeah, yeah. blueprint but we can have a plan. We can have a, a template to say, I'm not gonna be angry when I discipline my son. Yeah. I'm not gonna holler as much as I was hollered at. Man, no, I hated that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's yeah, such a card, man. So, I man, I, I hated that, uh, I, I said so. I hated that growing up. It's, like, <laughs> me, like, it's your job to tell me why, you know what I mean? And uh, uh, just yeah. to, you know, reiterate there too is um being a young father you almost have to listen as much as you talk you know and so i i had to get an understanding of how my son's brain works early why is he asking why why is he this and that why you know i i listen to him i try to i try to get in his head like okay now this is the approach that i need to do for him you know yeah. instead of just saying all that and just disregarding of, of what right. he has to say you yeah. know and then also, um, like me personally, I had a real, I still have, have a real issue with my speech. Like I used to stutter like crazy and um, I, I still do uh, a little bit. And I think a lot of that was because when I was younger, I would be told, I would be cut off quick, yeah. you know, within the, within the conversation. So it was like, 
I, I just learned how to just stop talking, you know, yeah. and I never wanted that to, I never wanted that to be me and my son's dialogue. I always wanted to be able to listen to him and let him speak his whole thought process through instead of me just, you know, blurting in and just cutting that's him off. That's you know, so, so that's, that's, uh, uh, um, so one way to, to, uh, do communication or to, to help is just let them talk and then listen. And then you're able to, to diagnose, you're able to do all kinds of things, but you can't do anything until you listen. Yes. So Rick, this is where you come in and because Rick is a mediator. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested, Rick, when in these dynamics, how do we as fathers, how, how do, how in our, in our, sometimes our anger, sometimes yeah. in our fear, sometimes in our disappointment and our misunderstandings, with our sons and some of the decisions they may be making or they do make. Right. I'm experiencing that. I have a four-year-old. Yeah. Rick, how do we mediate that? How do we, how do we listen well? Yeah. How do we, how do we interact? I think we start with learning the seven hardest words there are. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Come on now. Come uh, on. Don't cuss words. We don't no, seriously. I mean, what I have to model. Yeah. And by the way, my oldest daughter says, John, yeah, dad, when we grew up, it was always, because that's the way it is, you know, so. And my oldest daughter is the most like me, so it's very funny. But anyway, um, I think, um, now where were we? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm. You said I, the most seven words. Oh, yeah. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Learning to do that shows that there's real relationship yeah. and, and we aren't, don't always have things right now. Also though, you got to be careful because as the adult, you have the power. I mean, there's a power differential. So yeah, if I yeah. say, all right, Darnell, will you forgive me? You know, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And, you know, and he goes, yeah, I guess so. yeah, yeah. You know, and what can you say? Sometimes my wife will say, I'm not ready yet. I go, oh, okay, that's good. You right, know, right. Uh, but the point is learning. I, I think it, we have to model. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and then I, I want to say that if, if we could just take the lessons learned in this hour, it could have a, a great little book. I mean, respect, empowerment, all the things we're talking about is so thrilling. Um, and I'd like to add at least one short story. Again, history is different. But I, in many cultures of the world, there's a transition yeah. uh, between being a boy and a man. Rites of and passage, yeah. The rites of passage. And uh, the reason I'm actually here is because of my nephew. Now, I, I hope I don't get emotional, but I'm an old guy, you know. And, it's all good. Yeah. But at, at 12 years old, I sat my nephew down. We had a cigar and we had the man talk about sex and how you're going to treat women. Good. And, and I did not realize, he said, like, he's 30 something now and he's saying, Uncle Rick, that was such a turning point in my life. I treated him as a man. We talked about being, you know, loving to women, not just be the badass and, and being respectful, those kind of things. And I had no idea the impact that had. That's good. And he's telling me, and so, and he and I are, are very close. Um, so he's, he's like a son. No doubt. To hear 
his story and he says, now my son is, it, it's so funny, his, his son is almost 12. And the wife says, well, you're not going to have a cigar with him at 12. He says, hell yes, I am. No, I mean, <laughs> no there's, there's nothing magic about the cigar or the age. But at some point, well, that's the empowerment theme, Darnell, yes. you know, that, that we say, yes. and, and men are protectors and men respect. And you just review the things we've been talking about. Men have to be strong to deal with their heart issues, you know. Yeah. Um, so. I love that intentionality. I love that intentionality. Yeah. That's, that, that was powerful. Men have to deal with their heart. And I think, and, and I, I've noticed this about myself. I have three children and I realized a lot of the times when I would fly off the rail yeah. with my children, most of the times it was motivated by my own fear. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It was motivated by my own fear or my own preconceived history or my own right. junk. Not mm. it's nothing that they did. Really, they're just being children. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're just being children. Yeah. Um, and so that that journey, and I think you guys um hitting on uh hitting on this, this is this is this is powerful. And I want to say thank you for that. Um my last question is, or my last kind of thing I want to kind of ask you guys is as we wrap up, what what's what has been as when you as a man and you go through all these lives, you go through all these situations, all these circumstances in life, there are these mantras, there are these pearls mm -hmm. that you kind of that you that kind of develop in your life and you kind of live by them. Right. Uh for each one of you, what are, what are your mantras? What are your what are your pearls? What are your uh what are the what are the things you want to leave your sons and the next generation? Mm. As it relates to their their identity, their manhood, yeah. who they are, yeah. I want you to dig deep and and really ask you: What are your mantras? What are the things you live by? What are the things that that pull you up and make you wake up in the morning mm. to, to live and fight another day? Yeah, uh, one I, I have I have many actually, but one that really sticks out to me that I really live by is: You just got to keep going. Period. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Regardless of what happens, regardless of where you at, you got people that are looking uh, for uh, towards you. You got people that look up to you. You just got to keep going. You got to keep moving. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, you got to move. You got to keep. Got to stay. Got to yeah. maneuver. Yeah, that's good. Darnell, I mean, it's, it, it's as simple as that. Sometimes we we overthink things. Sometimes we yeah. we just put too much on it. Simple. Got to yeah. got to keep moving. You know. Um, for me, you know, I'll say two things. One is giving up is not an option. Um, when it comes to my marriage, when it comes to my work ethic, when it comes to my commitment and my dedication, you know, we have its phrase, Team Weathersby, you know. Um, my wife, my, cool. my two children, we're a team. And everything we do is for the betterment of our team, not for the individual, but for the betterment of the team. So when we have a bad day and we're talking about our day at the dinner table, you know, how can Team Weathersby be better? We might have had a bad day, but no matter what the world is telling you, you're part of Team Weathersby and you're going to be okay because we're here to support one another. We're here to encourage one another. So just 
creating that legacy that says, no matter what chaos is going on out there, you're safe in here because we don't give up, because we are committed, because we do persevere. Not everything's going to be good, not everything's going to be easy, but because you're part of a team, you have the support you need to get through anything that life happens to throw you away. So I'm just encouraging both my son and my daughter with that legacy to say, you can be the man God has called you to be boldly, and you can be the woman God has called you to be with confidence And that looks different, but they're both coming from that solid foundation of I can be vulnerable and I can be strong at the same time because I have the support of two loving parents. So um, it's it's not perfect, but I mean, God has definitely breathed life on it for the last 15 years and I'm blessed for it. So it's good to hear, man. I already gave my pearls the the first Corinthians, (laughs) but but I, I will say that that. At this point, and we're, we're at stages of life, you know, I'm grandfather. Yeah. And there's still a role. Grandfather wants to mentor his grandsons and granddaughter, you know. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. wisdom is so important yeah. at, this, at this stage. Sage. Uh, the sage, the stage of the sage. And it says, wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, which means willing to submit, etc. Gentle, impartial, sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Good, so, good. you know, the, the, the whole concept of the book of Proverbs, that's James chapter 3, 17 and 18. I, uh, that's my pearl that if you teach relationships and, and how to work through and be wise, it's going to be a much better world. Good. Mm-hmm. I, I think for me, I, um, I don't some of the people that I, I mentor, there's one thing that tends to come out of me um, a lot, going through hardships, trials. Um, there's kind of two mantras. One is that I realize that he walks with me. That's good. It 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 adds. It's it for me. It adds. It means something. Like life is going to go throw challenges at you. No doubt. Hands up. Even the Bible talks about uh, the the days. Days are full of trouble. They're yeah. full of it. Yeah. The thing is, and the bedrock of my existence and my ability to get up is realizing I don't have to face this by myself. That's good. And so I, I take that. And I hone that whatever, whether it's with my children, with health, with family, whatever, is that I'm, I don't have to do this alone. Right. And then when I've made mistakes or I've messed up, and I'm kind of in the same corner with John, is that all I can do is live from here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After I've apologized, after I've, me- after I've acknowledged I've messed up, I just got to get up. It's good. Stand up. Keep going. And I got to live from here. Yeah. And I I appreciate that. And just for the sake of our conversation, our dialogue, um, what is one thing, just one thing really quickly, that you wish somebody would have told you so Mm -hmm. that you would, you could have potentially avoided. Yeah. And I'll say it like this. If you could have a conversation with your younger self, yeah, what would you tell them? What would you tell right. them? For me, I would say to myself, Robert, chill, relax. It's gonna be okay. 
Right. That's what I would tell myself. What 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 is it for you, Rick? I would share the things I've shared here already. I hear you. Amen and amen. <laughs> John, what what about you, brother? Yeah, pretty much um, the same as Rick. I I, I would definitely uh, share some of the things here. Um, also, just let people be who they are too. You know, instead of um, you know, people change when they're ready to change. Right. And we we can't change everybody. You know, so mm. it's one thing that uh, that. I wish I, I, I would have knew back then too, because at some point, you know, some sometimes as men, we, we take on other people's hurts and other people's pains and everything. And, and sometimes that's that's added stress, you know, right. that's added stress that, that we don't need. We can't change that. You yeah. know, we can't change certain things, you know, our higher powers have have certain things that that uh, that they want done. He wants done. And, you know, it is what it is. Okay. I hear you. Darnell, what, what, what is it for you? Oh, man. Um, tension and conflict are necessary. I think coming from yeah. my background, I'm a peacemaker by default because I saw so much yeah. uh, dysfunction. So mm-hmm. instead of becoming passive, which is my kind of default, even mm-hmm. as an adult, I'm quick to try to make peace as opposed to lean into conflict and say, this tension is okay. Yeah. And now I have the tools to navigate this conflict in a healthy manner that I didn't always have. Yeah. So I think in my, if that's I could, good. my that's younger good. self, I would say, yeah, good. don't be afraid of the tension. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of the conflict because it's necessary to reach the result that you need to reach the goals that you're trying to reach. Yeah. So I think, if I could speak back, I would say, don't fear the conflict, but navigate it appropriately. Yeah, that's a part of growing. Yeah, that's growing right. thing. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, yeah, respect. Again, I want to tell you guys, thank you so much thank you. for spending time yeah. for this, for this, uh, with this live webinar. Yeah. Hey guys, I want you to take a moment, go get John's book. Tell them the name of your book and where you can thank find you. it. Oh, appreciate it. Thanks for the plug. It's eight conversations to have with your son. It's out. Right now on Amazon, Kindle, uh, we got the audio book uh, coming out. I think it, it it drops this Friday. And uh, it, uh, the, the actual website is www.8conversationstohave.com. You can pick it up right there. Ship it out first thing in the morning for you. Thank you. Right, it's good, man. We got Journey to Fatherhood right here. Letter to my unborn child. Um, all new dads, if they're navigating, being an early dad, learning how to journal. These are nine months of journal entries helping you navigate wow. that transition into fatherhood. And of course, if you go to our website, the cycle ends with me, theleadonemovement.com. Everybody has a generational curse they're trying to break. And we want to support you and empower you as you break your generational curse. So. Let's do it together. Rick, that's good. Rick, you have a plethora of resources as well. Well, I'm not as cool as these guys. I didn't bring my book here, but uh, it's called Peace Catalysts, Resolving Conflict in Our Families, Organizations, and Communities. Uh, we can Google Peace Catalyst. and Yeah, Rick Love on Amazon or write me and we'll make it happen. No doubt. 
Great. And, and hey, I just want to say I appreciate all of y'all. I mean, yeah, really, me too. The last hour has really, really been beneficial. Yeah. I appreciate it. I feel like I'm leaving with so – it feels like a huge conference, and I'm just getting <laughs> all the information and getting yes, all the experiences. Yeah. I want to say thank you so much, guys, for taking time out of your schedule. Thank you. thank you guys for everyone who listened. Listen, if you have any questions yes. you, or you have anything you want to say, comments, listen, do not be afraid to reach out. You no can doubt. leave comments below and all of us will respond. Will be responding yes. to your comments, your questions. Yes. Definitely. Um, once again, thank you so, 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 so much. Uh, John, Darnell, Rick, I appreciate you. Yeah. Guys, you all have a good one. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys in the man-made group, uh, yeah, the made men group, and um, you'll be hearing mm-hmm. some big news from us later on. Thanks, okay. guys. All hey, right. Bless you. All right. It's awesome. All right. Peace. Have a good one, fellas.